You know, I was thinking of us trying to sing and lead the music. When I first got into ministry, me and my wife had a primary department at Timberline Baptist Church, and we filled auditorium like this with children from the third grade, first, second, third graders. And I mean, every place in that place was packed. And we had the mayor of Tampa come out and speak. He was, it was a saved man. I got to talk with him, and I called his wife. I said, well, he comes speak to our kids. And he said, I'll make sure he's there. <laughs> and he came out and spoke to our kids. And I sang to the mayor, and I sang to those kids that Sunday. I got to sing for the, the uh, uh, governor of uh, Alabama, I think it was, came to see our kids. And I got to sing to them. And here I end up, I'm singing again. <laughs> You know what? I think the Lord has punished me because I, I used to say to a young preacher, man, I wish I could play a guitar, a piano, I mean, and, and sing like Jimmy Swagger. Uh, but I'm liking, I'm liking something. I can't figure it out what it is. I'm working on it, all right? Ezekiel, if you would, tonight, please. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 23. I mean, 33. Ezekiel 33. Uh, 20. Ezekiel 33, I want to begin to read in verse 23. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, they that inhabit those wastes of the lands of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited the land. But we are many, the land is given us for inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Ye with the blood, and lift up your eyes toward your idols, and shed blood, and shall you possess the land? You stand upon your sword, you work abomination, and you defile everyone his neighbor's wife, and shall you possess the land? Say thou thus unto them, thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely they that are in the ways shall fall by the sword. And him that is in open field will I give to the beasts, be devoured, and they that be in the forge and in the cave shall die in the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of her strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, when I have laid the land most desolate, because of all their abominations which they have committed. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word of the, that cometh from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they bear <clears throat> thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. But their heart goeth after their curses. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lowly song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on instrument. For they bear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray for our country tonight. We're really concerned, dear God for Christians in our country, that they would take a stand 
and be concerned about what's going on and how people are getting away from God and the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and the principles and the laws that you said, dear God, for us to live by. People are letting them go and not doing them anymore. And Father, I pray and I'm concerned about it. Bless us tonight now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. More as I see on TV and hear the news, I, I just don't understand what's going on in this country with people. And uh, just, just absolutely deny what is going on. They just don't want to be bothered with it. Now, what I want to speak to you about tonight is facts, fears, and tears of the Bible. Now, liberals and moderates put question marks around the Scriptures today. And I say what the Bible says. Romans 3, verse 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, first of all, the facts. Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Romans 3, 23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a Bible fact that we're all sinners. We're born in sin. We're shapen in iniquity. When we reach the age of accountability, we're sinners. No matter if you're born in a church or in a jail. If we continue in our sin after the age of accountability, then we are sinners by choice and we must be born again. Now that's a fact. Then the Bible tells us so. It's a fact that the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. The consequences of staying in your sins then is a burning lake of fire and death forever. Now people don't want to hear that today, but that's a fact. It's a fact, Hebrews 10.22, without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. And that's talking about Jesus' blood. It's a fact, James 1 and verse 15, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Any man can look around and see the facts of death, uh, the casket makers, grave diggers, uh, graveyard, funeral homes, uh, just headstones all speak of death and death is caused by sins according to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 and verse 56 the sting of death is sin and so we know that sin causes death now that's a fact fears Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Someone has said, Preacher, do you believe anyone who accepts Christ as Savior because he fears is really saved? Now, I've had that question asked me many times. Now, I say back to them, I believe that's the only way you get saved. Amen? Is to fear God. You know why I believe that? Why do you think that Noah built an ark? Because the Bible said he feared God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. He feared God and he obeyed God's word and he built an ark. Romans 10, 17. Faith God hearing, hearing by the word of God. Why did Noah build an ark? Because God told him to. And because God told him there was to be a flood. And because he feared God. Why? Because Noah believed God when he said a flood was coming. 
Now, any preacher, any man of God is standing in the pulpits today all across America and preaches the Word of God. We ought to do one thing every time we stand in the pulpit, and that's warn people of the coming wrath of God. Now, I believe this. Every human being is a sinner, all right? You cannot be saved without the shedding of Christ's blood and believing in His shed blood. That's what troubles me. There's only one way to go to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not many ways. And I look at the way people is belittling the Bible, belittling God, belittling church service, and everything that has to do with God, and it bothers me that nobody just act, that people today act like they have no fear of God in them whatsoever. Now, God also said hell is coming, and Jesus is the ark that we got to get in. Now, I want you to look over Mark chapter 5 uh, for, with me for just a second. Mark chapter 5. And I'd like to read uh, verse 24 and verse 25. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. And Jesus went with them, and much people followed him, and thrown him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things, and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the way press and said, Who touched my clothing? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thrown in thee, and saith thou who touched thee, me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and behold and be of thy plague. Notice, if you would please, that she feared the Lord and she came and she said, But if I can but touch his garments. Now here's what I'm saying. When... Jesus saw the mocking crowd, the agonizing crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ when he had heard about Jesus and Jesus gave up the ghost in Matthew 27, verse 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. And he got saved. He got saved because of that, because of fear. The thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23 feared God. In Proverbs 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is a beginning of knowledge. The Philippian jailer in Acts 16, in a case of a man coming to the knowledge of Christ out of fear. Godly fear is a thing of the heart. And unless we fear God, we will never ask God to have mercy on us as sinners. And that's what I think we're missing today is not the law, not our government, but nobody, it seems, today has no fear of God. 
They just don't have any fear of God. And God is a merciful God. There ain't no doubt about that. But I got news for you. He's angry God at our sins. Amen? Unless we turn from our sins and back to Him, He's going to show us wrath. I'll read this story in Ezekiel. And if you'll notice, please, as the Bible says, and they would not do what God told them to do. And that's the reason that the wrath of God came upon him. Now I want to talk to you about tears. Now I don't know if all true conversions are either preceded or followed by tears or not. But I do know one thing what the Bible says. Psalm 51 and verse 17 says, God honors a broken and a contrite heart. Now I want to tell you the truth. I just don't believe then people can stiffen their necks and just come and say, God's not going to send me to hell. He loves me and He saved my soul. Now, i got news for you, brother. Unless you've got a broken and contrite heart and come to God in that broken and contrite heart, there's no hope for you. If you just don't believe God is a great God, now I do not believe tears saves anyone. But I do believe tears advertise a broken and a contrite heart over sin. I remember when I got saved, in my experience, I'm not saying everybody, because I have seen people come forward in church. I've led people to the Lord in their homes, in the hospitals, never shed a tear. Then, right then when I was doing it. But I've had them to come to me later and say, you know what, preacher, I'm so glad I'm saved that God would broke their heart and tears would come. Where it, where it was water tears outside or not, they still had a broken and a contrite heart towards God. Now, Peter, in Luke 22, verse 62, said, well, went out and wept bitterly over his denying Christ and later became one of the greatest preachers of the Bible. Now, Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Here's a perfect picture of what I want to show you. In Luke chapter 7. And I'll begin to read in verse 38. Luke chapter 7 verse 38. And stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ornament. Now when the Pharisees which had bid him saw it, he spake with himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. Jesus answered and said unto her, him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence, the other fifty. And when he had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will he love will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I enter into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not know it. 
But this woman has anointed my feet with oil. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which were many, are forgiven her. For she are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same little love little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Every time I read that story, I think of myself in particular. I'm so glad I'm saved. And I'm so glad that God forgive me my sins. And I don't want the whole world to know. I know that uh, they used to be in the old time preachers when I first got saved. They, they, they preached like if somebody did the, 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 the one and all rejoice of over more than anything else is a preacher that lived like the devil, done everything crooked in the world, and all of a sudden God saved him by His grace and we ought to make a big thing out of he used to be a sinner and how were a terrible sinner he was and now he's turned around and God's using him to preach the gospel. And you know, the more I think about that, that's not something to brag about. you know it? God loves good people too. And just as much as He loves a, a preacher that used to be a terrible sinner and, and God saved him by His grace and now I use him to, to preach the ministry. But what I'm saying is, just as much as that preacher or that man of God or anybody else that used to do all these terrible things, and, uh, uh, I'll never forget at a church we was at before, and I looked back in the back and, and a man came in. I mean, he was a rough guy. And everybody said, did you see who that was just came in? That's the meanest guy in Tampa. And brother, he was. I knew him. And I knew some of the things that he had done. And when the preacher preached, give an invitation, down the aisle he got, and everybody looked at him aghast that he got saved by God's grace. Can I give you something? It's just as true to anybody. Not just that man. He's no greater sinner than I am. He hadn't done any worse than I've done. Neither of you in the eyes of God. We're sinners saved by the grace of God. And we are to fear God because of our sins and come to Him for mercy. And if I could get people to understand that one thing, all the little children, all the women, all the men of our country, let's just talk about our country for a minute, that does all the crazy things we're seeing on TV right now, if they had the fear of God on them, I heard a man say the other day, I'll get even with Him. No, you won't. You'll just make it worse. Amen? What we need to do is turn ourselves around to God and come to God and say, Lord, I'm the sinner. Lord, my, my heart broke. Convict me, Lord, of what I am doing wrong and bring me back closer to You. And that fellowship is sweet. And there, there's tears in the Bible. And, and if you'll notice the one portion of Scripture I want to close on, you know what to do. The Bible says in Ezekiel there, you have heard of my word, but you will not do them. And God, God said, because of that, you're going to pay the price. Amen? And I was talking to Ms. Harden about prophecy in the Old Testament. There's a perfect prophecy right there of what's going on in our country right today. Our country knows better than doing what they're doing. Our grandmamas and grandpas have handed down the Word of God and taught us and we know better than what's going on. But we will not do them. And the most of it's done for pure money. And that's all that's different. And we need to turn around. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we are concerned.
not just for random people of the country, but specific people, your people. We need to turn our face back to you and repent of our sins and come close to you. And I believe you can do great things and bless people's lives. I've heard so much lately of people being changed and coming to Christ because of the disasters that's going on in the world. We believe you're coming soon. And we'd even say, come Lord Jesus. Bless us your people tonight. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Let's sing something. What? Pat 42? Sing it with me. I'm a sneaker home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I should never get sight of the gates of life if the way of the cross I miss. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It's sweet to know as onward go. The way Three more courses at my voice would be a better work of singing. That's good, amen. Father, go with us on our way home, watch over us. Bless everyone who's come now in a very special way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Shake hands with somebody before you go. Pray for people this week, please.